welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today I want to talk briefly about the comforts of the doctrines of grace. Now, I've seen a shift lately where rather than talking about Calvinism as a principle, people are instead talking more about the doctrines of grace. Uh, and I think a lot of it's because of the negativity that is automatically assumed when somebody talks about Calvinism. So we're seeing this forced euphemism come in, which I generally wholly reject because it is at the point of contention where the battle must be war uh, waged. We have to sit down and say, look, we need to sit down and talk about this and throw the names aside. So for you guys, first, let's go ahead and start with this. John Calvin had nothing to do with the doctrines of Calvinism. Um, for people that think that it's the case, they're completely misinformed about the history, where it cam comes from. You need to understand the, the church councils that happened, which clarify the doctrines, the reason why they did. I've talked about a lot of that in a different video, and I don't want to go into that. But what we're going to look at today is the five primary doctrines of grace or doctrines of Calvinism, however you want to phrase it. And we're going to talk about these as uh, I want to do a more philosophical. I don't have specific verses written down. I actually don't really have any notes written down except the five points in order by name, so I don't have to stumble through it uh, as we're going through. Not that I don't know them off the top of my head, you know, uh, but when you're recording a video, you know, you got to think a little bit faster sometimes. But uh, I really wanted to just get philosophical here because there are a lot of verses on the pros, a lot of verses on the cons. If you want to know the history and where it came from and see more verses than you can possibly you know, read through over the course of a year studying and understanding, you need to check out Thomas Steele's book on the five points of Calvinism. And it, that book will show you where these principles came from. Hint, it's not John Calvin. Uh, there's a reason they named it Calvinism. It has to do with the two primary preachers that were contemporary at the decades, uh, the couple years after they had all died. Uh, but uh, these doctrines came up in response to some semi-Pelagianism that was brought forth from the doctrines of, of um, Jacob Arminius, which, by the way, Calvin and Arminian would definitely agree. So the idea of Calvinism versus Arminianism are two completely misnomers, and neither one of them are completely representative of what those particular theologians would actually believe if you actually spend the time to understand them. Jacob Arminius was not a heretic, but Arminianism itself is Pelagianism because his believers believed he was teaching something he wasn't actually teaching and created a system of theology that was problematic, which is why it was counterbalanced by a church council and it had been named Calvinism, who was of another preacher from the previous generation who was also very popular. Now, it had nothing to do with the specific teachings of either man. There I am. I spent three minutes talking about the history when I said I wasn't going to do that. Refer to that book, Thomas Steele's Five Points of Calvinism, though, for more information. But I want to talk today about the, the comfort in these doctrines. The first is the total depravity. And the idea of this doctrine is that all aspects of humanity are impacted by the fall. It's not that the person is completely, totally evil and see that's wrong because you know, people who aren't Christians can do good things in the world. That's not what the doctrine teaches. The doctrine teaches that all aspects of humanity are impacted by the fall, which means that in and of ourselves, we don't have the easy ability to 
we don't have the ability to come to God is what it boils down to. Now, where the comfort is in that is that we are all starting at the same basis. None of us are, none of us have better parts, none of us have worse parts, none of us by something inherent to ourselves have a better platform than anybody else out there. And so uh, with that, we have to stop and understand what the concept is. So the comfort there is that we are all on the level playing field, so our original uh, our original birth, our original state does not have any bearing as to who is redeemed or who is not. There is, in other words, no specific um, natural caste system. You know, you're born in poverty, therefore you'll die in poverty. You're born in royalty, therefore you'll die in royalty. And you're born in a Christian family, therefore you'll be saved. You're born in an atheist family, therefore you're not. That is not a part of the doctrines. And so that in and of itself lends comfort that just because you have some origin story does not implicitly didn't, uh, say that you're part of that origin. The second is unconditional election. This doctrine, this point, suggests that there's nothing that we can do to gain this election. There's no more righteous act. There's no specific action. There's no specific call. There's no one thing that we do by which we are made more susceptible to coming to Christ than, uh, than anybody else. The election that God chooses is by his own sovereign will and choice that has absolutely nothing to do with anything we do in ourselves. So we cannot, as Ephesians does say, you know, it is, of, it is a gift of God so that no man may boast. So it's not some good deed. I look at this amazing good deed I did. That provides awesome comfort to us to know that for those of us that are interested in the things of God, those of us that seek God, well, we tend to seek God because God first sought and transformed us and placed in us that heart of flesh, taking out that heart of stone. Why and how? It had nothing to do with any action we did. It had to do exclusively with God's sovereign will. So we have comfort and grace, recognizing that the sovereign will of God is part of how we become saved. The third one is the highly controversial doctrine. It is, by, uh, by definition, the hardest one to affirm, although I completely, 100% fully support it, and that is limited atonement. Limited atonement, the doctrine suggests that the sacrifice of Christ was not for the whole world in a saving sense. Now, it was for the whole world in a uh, human sense, in, in the case that the, the sacrifice of Christ paved the way for the entirety of the world to be impacted. You think about the hospital systems and the education systems were all started by Christians. All of that happened because people wanted to help and treat others and educate people. And all that occurred because there were specific people who followed the things of Christ and felt that it was important to help other people in the alleviating of their physical ailments and to guide them and teach them in the ways of God. So in that sense, there is a general sense that Christ died for all of the world. But as far as salvation is concerned, limited atonement specifically teaches that Christ only died specifically to save the sins of his elect. To say otherwise says that Christ died to save the sins of people, that it wasn't an effective uh, uh, sacrifice. And that certainly is problematic. Now, the, the, the 
amazing comfort in limited atonement is, is that all of those people who were meant to be saved by the, by the sacrifice of Christ were saved by the sacrifice of Christ. There is no one outside of that scope. It was a perfect sacrifice in all ways in that it was meant for exactly whom it was for and it had no, uh, no portion of it was useless or worthless. Now, the next point is irresistible grace. Irresistible grace is the doctrine that says that a person comes to Christ. When God calls you, when God transforms your heart, when God does that work in you that allows you to call on his name, when you do that, you are incapable of resisting the power to come to him. In other words, there's nobody out there that receives the call from God who is able to reject that call from God. So in other words, there is no person out there that God has intended to save that will not be saved because all whom God chosen comes to him. So obviously deep comfort knowing that if you are among God's elect, you are not going to be lost no matter what. And this brings us into the last and the most comforting of the doctrines, the perseverance of the saints. This doctrine in the doctrines of grace suggests that uh, the, the saint that is saved, once God has begun this work, in fact, the verse is that God will see through the completion of the work that he started in you. I completely slaughtered that verse, but oh well, uh, you know what I'm saying. The any person who God has chosen, God has elected, God has transformed their soul, God has made a sacrifice for him, God has drawn him in, that person God will sustain forever in his kingdom. Now, there are certainly a lot of people who look saved at some point in their time and they go away. Well, those are the people who have not persevered. Have they not persevered because of God or have they not persevered because of themselves? Well, they were the people that were attracted to the things of Christianity, but they were not actually called by God. If they were actually called by God, they would have persevered. That's what John says. You know, they left us because they were not of us. And so the perseverance of the saints is that greatest of the comforts because once we are called by God, we cannot be lost. Now, this raises questions. What about the, the um, easy believism, the, the uh, free grace movement? Well, can you just, now that you're, now that you're saved and you are persevered in the saints, you're, you can just go out and live any old way you want. It's kind of like the old dogma movie, right? We're going to, we found the loophole to get back into heaven. So we're going to go and engage in all sorts of sins so we can still get right back into heaven. Um, heretical nonsense. The person who loves God is a person that hates sin. While there might still be, be uh, there might still be this besetting sin, this addictions, these types of things can still impact, but they still deeply torment the soul of the Christian. The, the coming to Christ does not make a person perfect. It does not make a person perfectly redeemed in, in all aspects here on earth. That glorification comes later. But the amazing grace of it is that the grace for God is sufficient. This is what he tells Paul in, I think, in 2 Corinthians. He, he prayed many times that this thorn in the flesh would be taken from him. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Well, the perseverance of the saints is that ultimate grace to know that there's nothing you can do as a Christian if you are called and you are elected and you have this heart of the flesh. You might sin and you might sin bad, but you are never lost to the kingdom 
in your sin, but the driving nature of actually being an elect person of God is that by nature you sin less and less as you conform your life more and more to Christ. And that is, of course, a great comfort to know that we cannot be lost. So that is your five points of Calvinism, the tulip as it were, and how all those five points are deeply, deeply comforting when you understand the truth of the doctrines. And again, if you want to see tons of Bible verses, the history, where it came from, the controversy, Thomas Steele's book, The Five Points of Calvinism, is totally awesome, and I'll leave a link for that in the description of this video. Thanks for watching, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com. <laughs>